Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D., and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. I'm excited because I have Ali Yagi here today with me, who is a MBA student at the University of California um, Marshall School of Business. And today I'm going to have um, Ali talk about her experience in terms of going to business school and then pursuing a path to a career in product marketing. And uh, I'm really excited because I think she's very well um, very well positioned to talk about this. And I really love the fact too, that while this was very much a career transition for Allie in terms of what she did before to what she did after, when she actually tells her story, I think that you'll start to see some of the ways in which she was able to use some of her past experiences to inform the career that she jumped into and that being product marketing. So Allie, thank you so much for being here. I guess just to start I love to do just kind of a warm up just so that listeners can really get to know who the guest is. And so my question to you is, think back to when you were a kid or a child, uh, what did you actually want to be when you grew up? First of all, I love this question um, because I wanted to be everything. <laughs> so <laughs> I like had a really hard time choosing like the, what I want to be when I grow up when I was younger. Like I wanted to be a tennis player for a while. And then I went into like, like, youth theater. So I wanted to be an actor for a little bit. And then I wanted to go into photography. And then when I got to be like a college student, I was like, I want to go into studio art so that I can go into history school. And then I wanted to be a tutor so that I could go into teaching. So it really like, I just kind of have been very fluid and flexible in the like what I wanted to be category of my life. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And that's, that's awesome. I mean, you know, that's when you're a kid, you just have a lot of interests. And so you just kind of <laughs> pop around here and there, but eventually you did settle on a career. And so before business school, you know, what did you do and uh, why did you choose to get an MBA after doing that for a few years? Yeah. So when I was a third year in college, I was tutoring at the writing studio. Um, and that is what led me into teaching. So I went directly from my undergrad degree into my master's of education slash credentialing program. Um, And that's what led me into like the public education sphere. So I started teaching at a public school in San Diego. Um, I was teaching English, but I was doing it in like an interdisciplinary school. So I was basically teaching science in the English classroom and working really closely with science teachers and like developing curriculum and building like project-based learning sequences for our students, um, which was really exciting and really like uh, as a new teacher, gave me a lot to work with. Um, And then I moved to a more traditional school in LA where I was teaching like very traditional English type of curriculum so like think about like what you learned in high school like British literature like all of that same sort of stuff that's what I was teaching when I was in LA 
but I was doing a lot more like ed tech integration. So I was doing a lot of these really cool project-based learning things with the support of education technology. Um, and I got to the point where I was like leading professional developments with teachers, to, like help them use ed tech more effectively. Um, and so through that process, uh, I really learned that my passion and like my heart was in like technology and a space that moves a lot faster than education, which tends to kind of like move at a slower pace. So I wanted to bring that passion for technology and bring my knowledge of ed tech specifically um, to like business school. So my original thought for business school was I wanted to be a product manager for ed tech so that I could manage a product and really help build something that's more effective for students. Because what I was seeing was ed tech looks great on the outside, but if you're using it with actually like 30 students in a room, it doesn't quite work out the way that the engineers think it would because most of them have never been in a classroom with 30 students trying to do the same thing all at once. So I wanted to bring my expertise from the classroom and really have an impact on new types of ed tech that was being introduced in the classroom. So that's really what led me to business school to begin with. But as you know, it's not really where I ended up. Sure. Yeah, no. And I think that number one, you know, being able to you know, going to business school, right, in terms of understanding that there are some past things and experiences that you did enjoy, but there are other things that you know, you thought an MBA was going to help you uh, do that or an MBA could give you to help you do something else. So certainly understand and it makes a ton of sense how you could use that experience working in the classroom, working with students and actually understanding how technology is used day to day, you know, to be valuable. So that makes a ton of sense. But as you alluded to, things changed a little bit once you got to school. So and that's fairly normal from my experience in terms of talking with many MBA students and alum, you know, a lot of times the things that you think you're going to do going into school often change, or quite frankly, for some of you, when you apply to school, you either don't really know what you want to do, or in many cases, what I have also come across is people write essays or say things that they think admissions wants to hear, and then they get to school, and then they really actually have to figure out what it is they want to do. But in your case, you had every intention of doing this, but then you went through the business school experience and just things happened, you know, talk a little bit more about what happened or what changed and then what you ended up deciding to, to focus on. Yeah. So basically almost immediately I figured out that like, okay, so now I'm an MBA and like having that MBA on my resume opens up a whole set of opportunities to me that like were no, were not previously available as just like a teacher that wanted to like transition into a different job. So like I wanted to do kind of everything. There was a point at which like I thought I might even go into finance, which is crazy to think about now because that would have been such a terrible fit for me. That's awesome. It, it crossed my mind. I was like, I like numbers. Um, so like I went through that phase where it was like I was going to every event for every club on campus and really trying to figure out like, okay, so do I wanna go down the path that I talked about in my essay, trying to get into business school, or are there better opportunities for me in other sides of different industries that might be more exciting or more interesting or whatever? So I ended up looking at PM very carefully because it's a very specific type of role. And I wanted to make sure that what I thought PM was really was in the real world. So USC, the High Tech Association, actually puts on a yearly PM boot camp with one of our alumni who does it every year. And 
going through this like eight week series where it's basically like adding an extra class to your, to your um, fully booked schedule. Um, I learned that like product management probably wasn't the right fit for me for a few reasons. Like it's very tech heavy. And because of my like very soft, like poet backgrounds, like I didn't think I would be as effective in it as I had originally thought when I was writing my essays. It also just seemed like you weren't really in charge of anything um, from the outside. It's like you kind of have some influence over kind of where it goes, but like you have to convince a whole bunch of stakeholders that your ideas are right. And like, I don't necessarily think that I'm very convincing as far as like creating this buy-in all the time. So like I wanted something that would draw a little bit better on my skills. I wanted something where like I would get to tap into my visual arts background, which I had from undergrad, my communications background that I had obviously from teaching uh, English for so long. And so when we had a PM versus PMM event on campus, which actually um, one of the Salesforce alums from USC, Brant Hill was, was running that, he was talking about like what a PMM does, so what a product marketer does versus what a PM does. And showing us like, well, if you're thinking about PM, you might actually be wanting to do PMM and here's why. Um, and it was really like that interaction and watching that, um, that session and really getting an understanding of like, okay, so actually I really want to do PMM because it draws on all the things that I talked about I wanted to do. Um, that's really what led me to PMM. Um, and then obviously my interactions with Brant, my interaction with like, the Salesforce recruiter that came to our diversity recruiting event, that's really what made me fall in love with Salesforce. So like, it just kind of like all the pieces fit together by like October. I went from like maybe corporate finance to like, I want to be a PMM at Salesforce by like October of my first year. Yeah. So I'm, I was laughing for a couple of reasons. Number one, the way you described being a PM there's going to be product managers out there who are listening to this who are going to I'm be- I'm so like, sorry. No, no, but so they're going to be rolling their eyes because they're going to be like, she's right though. You know, like, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, maybe just a little bit though. No, for sure. But, but no, I think though, the couple, the couple things there, right? Number one, being able to go through that boot camp and get to a point and to realize this is what it is. This is what the skills are. This is what the role is. And based off of that, I actually think I'm a better fit for something else. So I think that's really important and really, and really, really valuable. Right. And regardless of what you said in your essays, you know, being able to test and learn that, you know, is a really, it's, it's a, it's a really valuable experience to have. And I tell people this all the time that knowing what you don't want to do sometimes can be just as valuable as knowing exactly what you want to do, because you get, even when you don't know what you want to do, it gets you one step closer to understanding what it is, you know, you want to do. Um, and the other thing I was just going to ask a follow up question on, because it comes up a lot of just people go to business school a lot of times because of the opportunities and experiences that you can get. And the beauty of it all is that there are a lot of them. And the challenge of it all is that there are a lot of them. And so I'm just curious to know from your perspective, you know, knowing that you went out for finance stuff or like these other like things, um, where, like, do you still feel like it was like, I know it was a, it was a little bit of a challenge, right. But like, do you still feel it was valuable to do some of that or where do you kind of like land on that? Because, and I'm framing this up is like the end of the day, like you, you turned out great. So there's no problems there, but 
whenever you choose to do something, that's also acknowledging that you can't do another thing. So I'm just kind of curious, like knowing what you know now, would you have maybe allocated that time the same because you're just like, you know what, I just needed that to, to learn that? Or would you have maybe done it differently or somewhere in between? That's so funny because like so many of my first year mentees ask me that similar questions to that. So the way I've always put it is like, I went down the path I went and it turned out really well for me. So like in that way, I wouldn't have changed anything that I did. But like looking back, like I am very aware of the fact that I did waste, like quote unquote, waste a lot of time going down paths that ended up not being for me. Like I, at one point was looking at like healthcare and went to a whole bunch of healthcare events and day on the jobs and stuff. And to your point, like, yes, like I kind of wasted that time and not spending time doing other things that would have been more helpful for like what I ended up wanting to do, which was PMM and tech, but it helped me figure out what I didn't want to do. So like going to those events and like going to those days on the job and learning that like if I were to be a marketer in uh, like med tech, I would have to like watch people do surgery, like using tools. Like that was an experience that I needed to have to know that I could never do that, you know? So like I did burn away sometime. I did like, you know, not go to other events that could have been more helpful but like, there's no real secret sauce to business school, like as far as I'm aware. <laughs> so like, no. I did the things that I thought were right for me at that point in time. And then it all added up to helping me like continue to hone down and figure out what I did end up, you know, going all in on at one point. Yeah. Well, actually, I think what you mean to say is that there is a secret sauce and you actually talk <laughs> about it in MBA Insider. <laughs> Uh, the book. And so if people want to learn about it, they should just buy a copy of that and they can get the secret sauce. But outside of that, there is no no secret sauce. No, no, but jokes aside and, and Allie is an MBA insider. And, um, I think you're, I I think you're right. Um, there's, there's some things that you just, you, well, first thing, number one, not everything is linear, right? It's not like Mm -hmm. I pick this, I decide it's the right thing for me. And then step three is I get the internship offer, right? Like it's not linear. Like it doesn't work like that. Right. And sometimes in order to get to where you're going, you kind of need to do some, a couple windy, you know, trips right up the mountain. Uh, That's just part of life. Right. Like, so first thing, like, yes. I think the second thing is that there is definitely, I think a period of exploration that is very valuable, even if it doesn't necessarily yield to you to like being like, aha, like I need to do this thing. I do though think, and I think maybe this is probably the reason why some of your first years are asking this question is that um, there's a certain amount of time where that's good for, but once you start getting, you know, if, if, if it's February, it's February in your first year and you're not sure like, or March or, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's a threshold somewhere in there where if you're, if you're still exploring by that point, it might make sense to put a line in the sand because Like at, at some point it comes at the cost of a whole bunch of other things you, you probably could be doing and it's going to be different. It's going to be different for everyone. So I think it's almost just, um, as long as you're acknowledging that like you are prioritizing exploration and not just falling into it because you think you have to do it or like you're just all over the place. I I think it's, I think it's okay. Um, but it's going to be, I think it is going to be different. Um, it's going to be different for everyone. Um, yeah, I always tell my first year is like, 
people always talk about like your career being like a ladder, like you move yeah. from like one thing to the next to the next to the next. And I was like, mine's more like a jungle gym, honestly, yeah, because sure. like I like if you look at like where my professional career started, like even in, like in college, I was doing like executive assistant work, and then I was doing like teaching. Totally. And then I was like, and now I'm went to business school and now I'm going to like product marketing tech. So I was like all over the place. Yeah. There's no ladder for me. It's sure. like a full on jungle gym. Yeah. 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 No. And I, 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 I like that analogy and I think it's even more relevant and particularly as, you know, we, given, you know, this podcast is in 2020 and you know, there's a lot yeah. of, a lot of things going on in the world right now. Um, and so, and from my experience, at least talking to, to former MBA alum who graduated during recessions, you know, there are definitely some people who they, their first job out of business school wasn't exactly the thing that they had thought it was going to be. And eventually many of them did end up getting to where, to the career path they wanted it to be, but it, it wasn't immediate. Um, right. And, and that sometimes happens. And, and in some cases for some people, it took them down an entirely different path. And to your point, not, not everything is sequential and up and to the right. Like it, it really is, uh, for many people, it is like a, a journey. Like my, my mom worked for the same comp corporate company for 40 years, um, like pretty much doing the same thing, like progressively. Yeah. And like, I think that's just not nearly as common now as it used to be. And, and in a good way, in some cases, because I think that it, there's also a lot more opportunities now and it's a heck of a lot easier outside of a global recession to like <laughs> find a new job. Right. Cause of things like LinkedIn and Glassdoor and indeed and et cetera. Um, no, so, so yeah, like I, I do, but I, and, and I have actually, from my experience, at least talking to many of the administrators and, uh, at your, at USC Marshall, I think they are really a big fan of letting students the chance to explore and to really truly like hone in on and do the, do the homework of what, it, what is the right thing for me to do and pursue, even if it means realizing that a couple paths may not necessarily be the right one until you actually do get to the one that is. So yeah. um, I think that's, I think that's really, I think that's really great. So you're able to kind of evaluate product marketing versus uh, product management and, you know, going to some of those sessions really and talking to alum really helped crystallize for you what the differences were and how you might be a better fit for product marketing. So I would love to know from you, what is product marketing? And then, um, yeah, just so, you know, like, what, what is it? Like, what did you learn, like, as you were going through that or, you know, from internship during the summer, like, what, what, is, what is product marketing? Yeah, definitely. That was something that I needed to know before I pursued it. Um, so I'm going to shamelessly steal this from the session that I was talking about earlier. So uh, PMM is, is essentially somebody that like externally champions the customer and communicates the product value in a way that is like clear in the go-to-market strategy and like drives demand and revenue. So like, I guess like an easier way to describe that is like you make the value clear through concise communications and you often use, you know, very aesthetically pleasing marketing tools to like draw attention to your value prop and like show the common or the show the differentiation between your product and other products. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you one of my favorite questions that I love to ask people. <laughs> I want you to tell me what product marketing is, but pretend that I'm five years old. <laughs> okay. Um, I make our products sound better than other products so that people buy it. <laughs> okay. All right. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, no, I, but it, it's actually, uh, to your point, one of the things you said, it's like one of the things that product marketers do is that they clearly communicate the value of the product or articulate the value yeah. of the product. And one of the key disciplines of being a great product marketer really is to be able to communicate effectively, whether yeah. your audience is someone who's buying your product. So like a CIO who's buying your software or a five-year-old who um, you're talking to. So um, I yeah. like that. Um, and I also yeah. think like one of the big pieces of PMM that I actually love so much that drew me, I think even more to the role is the fact that you get to enable your salespeople to sell your product better. So like for me, that's like an extension of teaching. Like one of my favorite experiences over the summer was doing sales enablement. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you said that. And like, I wasn't intending to talk about this, but I'm going to do it anyway, because it's my okay. podcast. Um, <laughs> so full disclaimer, I actually sat on Allie's interview panel. And <laughs> one of the reasons why I was super excited to interview her was because of what Allie just said. Because it's in my mind, as someone who has had to do sales enablement before, which basically is teaching and, and coaching and training salespeople on how to communicate the value of the product, how to handle customer objections. In my mind, I think that in some cases, being able to train salespeople is, and teach salespeople is just as hard, if not harder, than trying to teach and educate a bunch of 10, 11, or 12-year-olds. And so the fact that Allie was a teacher and had mastered this before, when I saw her resume, I was like, oh, great. Like, this is awesome because she's going to understand exactly some of the tools and tricks and processes that you can use in order to teach people at scale. And in addition to obviously being in the classroom and being in front of an audience and having to, you know, present and all those things, which product workers do all the time. So it was, but it's, it's the reason why, part of the reason why I bring that up is because a lot of times I think when, you know, there's like, there's like two sides of it, right? The first side is who am I and like, what do I want to do? And then the other side of it is what are the roles and what do you need in order to be able to do them? And the challenge always is how do, as a student, do I bridge that gap in between? And what I appreciated about, and I remember interviewing you, um, and between looking at your resume and obviously interviewing you, it was very clear to me how you would be able to bridge that gap, particularly as a career switcher, right? And so, and I think, that is like a really good lesson for, even if you're not switching careers, but just you know, being able to help bridge that gap for people and to really communicate how whatever it is is in your skills or experiences are, that are relevant to um, uh, a particular role. So right. uh, yeah. Spent a lot of time figuring that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And so I guess as a follow-up to that, what, what were some of the things that you did both to number one, like realize, you know, realize that product marketing could be a good fit for you, but also number two, why you could be a good fit for product marketing. Yeah. So one of the things that I did, I think beyond like that session that I said that I went to, but I also spent a lot of time having a conversations with a lot of people that were in product marketing roles at different companies. So I didn't necessarily focus on one to figure out if product marketing was right for me. I started having conversations with people with the title product marketing kind of all over to see, did it really differ from company to company? Was it similar in most places? That sort of thing um, to really solidify my decision to pursue it because I wanted to know like wherever I ended up, like this was the like correct type of title for me. So 
I like highly, highly encourage just having like as many informationals as you possibly can fit into your schedule in order to like really determine like is the type of role or function that you're going into the one that is the right fit for you. And then on top of that, like, how do I demonstrate my strengths and my transferable skills to your point? One of the things that I did that I found really helpful is like, I'm in general, just like a highly organized person. And that came not only from teaching where you have to be when you're managing like 120 kids at once, but like, I'm just, it's, I've always been like that. So I created a spreadsheet where I listed out all of the skills that I was seeing repeated on like PMM job posts in different companies. And then I kind of tied those skills to examples from my previous career to make that like illuminate that idea that like, yes, I used to be a teacher, but like, here's how that would make me an effective product marketer. And then in having that set up, every conversation that I had with somebody over the phone, I was like bringing up those stories and like having those conversations with people to be like, yeah, like I know on paper, it sounds a little bit wacky. But like, here's why it actually does fit together. And I think telling those stories over and over and over and over again, by the time I got to actual like interviews, I was really comfortable explaining to people like how being a teacher wasn't a drawback, but an asset. Yep. I love that exercise that you did. It's something that I definitely recommend everyone do. I think it's so helpful. And it also it also helps you crystallize what your value prop is and what you mm -hmm. bring to the table that would enable you to do a particular job. Right. And in, in many ways, it's a very crystallizing exercise and activity to really help inform you and help you understand how you can best talk about yourself when it comes time to, to interview and certainly highlighting the specific skills and experiences that you would want to talk about in an interview you know, type setting. So I think, I think that really is like a really good, a really good exercise. And on that, you said one of the things that really helped you get there was those informational interviews and that, that networking process. And yeah. if I could have a dollar for every time I got a, <laughs> every time I got a question about how to do networking, I yeah. would not You'd be writing a book and doing a podcast <laughs> and everything else. No, but it, it's just a, it's just a common, it's a common topic. And so I'm just curious from your perspective, you know, had, did, had you done a lot of networking before? Did you know exactly what to do or, or what did that process look like for you? Definitely not. Like coming from public education, networking was not like a thing that I yeah. did. Like I always joke that like they just check if you have a pulse to put you in a classroom. It's not <laughs> actually true. They do make sure you can teach, but um, it's not something where you have to like build relationships with people and like develop a network in order to get a job somewhere usually it's like they put up a post you put in your resume and somebody probably will call you at some point because there is such a big need for teaching um but when i was starting the like mba recruiting process my brother-in-law who very luckily was just about to graduate from his mba program <laughs> was like here's what you need to do to like get yourself into an mba program and that consisted of networking and like, so he kind of like walked me through what that looked like. And so I basically started like practicing networking with current students. So I had phone calls with students of schools that I was interested in. I did like coffee chats, like on campus for the different schools that I was interested in. And so by the time I actually got into a school and chose USC, I already kind of knew how to network because I had done it the whole year leading up to getting into and starting my program. 
So like, it really was my brother-in-law who like kind of tipped me into here's what you need to be doing in order to be an effective business school student. Though I didn't really figure that out until later. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's fairly, I think that is fairly common, right? Particularly for folks who work in industries where it's not really a thing or who come from cultures where networking really just isn't something that is done like fairly often, but it's, it's, it's really not, um, it's really, I think a lot of times it gets a connotation for being something that it's not. And like fundamentally, I think, and what I think it was for you was a, a way to explore your curiosity for something and to identify if it was, if it was something you were interested in and certainly to meet people along the way who, uh, could provide guidance and, and who could give you an insight into what their, their roles and their experiences were like, and which would help inform you about, you know, if this is something that you certainly would want to do. And then certainly lastly, but not least, I mean, obviously it's nice when you can apply to something and have someone who can advocate for you based off of the fact that they know you and they can refer you and things like that. But I do think that it's, for some people, it is a little bit of a hump to kind of get over it first, particularly if it's not just not something you kind of do or get experience in. Um, so when you were having these conversations and, and speaking to, you know, different USC alum or different people who worked in product marketing, I presume, you know, these are people who work for lots of different companies and, and I think, you know, particularly for something like product marketing or even tech, right. That can mean a lot of different things, right. You know, product marketing could look a little different at a startup versus at a big company or product marketing can look a little different at a, you know, specific vertical within tech, like it security versus uh, product marketing at more of a consumer facing like tech company. Um, you know, as you were kind of going through that networking process and all of those informational interviews, how specific did you like get in terms of the things you were looking for when it came time to recruit for roles? Like, were you thinking about, you know, what subset of or vertical this was, or like what size of company this was or, or not, or, or what were the things that you were really focused or honed in on that you thought were important? I mean, because I have such like a different background, like I wasn't too tied to like what type of industry vertical or like what type of size or that sort of thing. Cause I knew that like wherever I was going to go over the summer, like I was going to be absorbing everything like a sponge and just like learning so much because of the huge transition that I was making. I was taking on a completely different career. So like I knew that like I needed support. And so like the biggest like marker for me was culture, honestly, like I wanted like, a bigger company mainly because I wanted it to bolster my resume and I wanted to prove to people like, Oh, like she can do it because she's doing it at a very well-established company that like knows how to run its ship and all of that. So in that way, like I kind of wanted something bigger. That's where my heart was at. But like the defining factor for me really was culture. So if I were to have found like an amazing startup with a culture that I really jived with, like that's probably where I would have ended up. But I I knew that like I needed a supportive environment. I needed a supportive community that was willing to work with me and like realize like I was making a giant leap. So I wasn't going to know a lot going in. I was going to need a lot more like one-on-ones, informational interviews. And like, I don't want to say like handholding because I'm pretty like I can quick pick things up, but more like direct actionable feedback than somebody maybe who had come from like a marketing role and now is in product marketing. Like I was going to need a little bit more than that. So that's what I was using. I was using culture. I was using like, well, what is, 
questions like, well, what does feedback look like on your team or at your company? Or what is the like process of collaboration look like at your company to get a sense of like, is this the place that I want to be? Because I would feel supported because I'm at USC, specifically at Marshall, like I feel that from my entire community, like my class, the class above me, the class below me, we're very collaborative. We're always going out of our way to support one another. One another. It's not a very competitive environment. We do what we need to do to make everybody successful. So I knew I wanted that in the actual company that I was going to. So it wasn't size necessarily, although it was something I wanted. I wanted a little bit bigger because I thought I would benefit from it. But it really was culture. It was like, was I gonna, was I going to get the support I needed to be successful? Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of, I think that makes a lot of sense. And a couple of things that really stood out to me about what you said are number one. I think culture gets thrown around a lot as a word, but being able to get specific about what are the characteristics of the culture, which I think you you did, um, are I think are really important because cultures can be very different and, and, and just simply having a good culture is probably not enough. And so I, I do think that there is, it's worthwhile to, for people to kind of think about that as to, as to, as to truly like what, what makes sense for them. Um, so I, I do think that, that even like, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I also think to what you said, um, a big, you know, particularly for something like product marketing, you know, there, I think there's a lot of advantages at least starting off at a big company, if you are a career switcher. Yeah. Because for a lot of the reasons that you just said, there's just, there's a lot of resources that are there. Um, there's people who can guide you and get you a little bit more up to speed. There's nothing against doing product marketing at smaller companies or at a startup. I think that can be a really valuable experience in your own right. But I do think particularly for career switchers that big companies can sometimes be a, a good kind of first, first jump into, into it. And then, you know, right. later down the road, if you, if you want to get in, if you, you really like product marketing and you want to do more of it, then using that as a, as a means to uh, be able to transition into that. And from my experience, at least from what I've seen, a lot of big companies do appreciate and like having product marketers who go to business school because of the fact that it is such a cross-functional role. And it does take a little bit of organizational acumen and understanding like how the, all the different kind of like functions work. And a lot of times the people who tend to have that get a lot of that in, in business school or, or being able to tie some of their past experiences. And so um, yeah. I think that's, I think that's another, another thing that sometimes like jumps out. Um, okay. So uh, if for those people out there who are prospective students or recently admitted students, you know, what kind of advice for them do you have if they're potentially interested in product marketing, but you know, are still trying to like figure it out? Like what kind of advice would you have for those, for those people? I definitely would recommend just like starting to have those conversations now, like going on LinkedIn and like using whatever like network you have available to you, like your undergrad or people that you've worked with, whatever, to like find product marketers at different companies to get an idea of like where you might want to go if you go to business school. Because I think having that sense before you go in makes it a lot easier once you get into business school, because there's going to be so many other things pulling at your attention. If you're already like, I know I want to be a product marketer. I know X, Y, and Z companies are like probably a good fit for me. Then you can spend more of your energy and attention on those places right off the bat. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's great. And how about any general advice uh, for 
MBA students who are interested in product marketing, you know, what, what should they be doing in order to either land a, a great internship or even full-time opportunity? I would say definitely start looking at job posts for different companies for product marketing and pulling out those skills and starting your spreadsheet like I was talking about earlier and connecting the skills that you find on all of the job posts to experiences that you're currently having in your workplace or that you've heard that you've had at your prior workplace um, before where you're at now and really getting creative with it like learn how to tell your story because being a storyteller is part of being a product marketer so if you can tell your story about yourself and you can be convincing about yourself you are selling a product and the product is you so if you can get through that you can do it at a company so you just have to give yourself the steps first like starting your spreadsheet making those connections building your story having the conversations to get comfortable with your story and then potentially landing whatever job you want once you get to business school no, I think that's spot on. And one of the things that I always tell people who I work with who are interested in product marketing jobs is that getting a, and landing a product marketing role is very much an exercise in being a product marketer. And <laughs> right, because it's like how, do you con- like, how do you convince someone that you as a product uh, are, you know, have the unique value prop and solve a specific problem for a buyer who's an employer? and convince them that you are best positioned to solve that specific problem that they have. And so if you can find a way to do that as in, as when you're interviewing for a product marketing internship or product marketing job, then I believe that is a decent indicator that you have what it takes to be a good product marketer. So I, I think you're spot on in terms of that advice. Allie, thank you so much for joining me today and for talking yeah. about your experience going to business school at UC Marshall, identifying product marketing as your career, and just kind of some of your experience in terms of the, what you've learned from uh, working in a product marketing internship in that path. I really appreciate you sharing your, sharing your story. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.